everybody. This is Scotty Miles, your host of All Things Considered Franchising. Welcome to another episode. All Things Considered Franchising is a podcast dedicated to the franchising industry, talking to people within the industry, outside the industry, franchisees, franchisors, and people who have an influence within the franchising industry. All Things Considered Franchising is powered by scottmilesfranchisecoach.com. I am the president and CEO. We provide a free service helping people research and explore business opportunities, preferably franchises, helping them outline and plan and build a roadmap and introduce them to the brands that actually fit. Uh, We won't get into all the different types of brands, but there are over 500 brands that I work with in many different categories and investment levels. And I have a super duper guest with me today. Um, And I was actually kind of reminiscing this morning about this because When I think back, when I first got into the development side, let's just call it franchise sales for people to better understand. And the first conference I ever went to, I sat next to Edith Weissman. Welcome, Edith. Thank you, Scott. It's so great to be here. I I can't believe how long it's been since we've known each other. Um, And when I saw you at the IFA convention, it was like a homecoming. It um, was. Back in February. <laughs> yeah, it was. Edith, you are president of Frand Data. Uh, and yes. anybody who likes analytics like I do, data, information that drives the franchising industry, Frand Data is that big blimp on the radar. I mean, that this is where companies go and uh, for research information. Uh, you started out in the operations side. I think this is the only position you have ever had. Uh, again, you just look like you graduated high, uh, uh, college. So, <laughs> uh, but you've been with them for I with think, 20 data. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so numbers are important. My father taught me a long time ago that numbers don't lie and remember to carry the one. That's the two things he taught me about numbers. So data and franchising, brand data. Tell us a little bit about your role, the importance of data, uh, and we'll go from there. Yeah, so thanks. I think the way we like to think of ourselves is a little bit more oriented to discovering insights. So information and data um, sometimes is meaningless unless you can put it into context. So, I mean, you know, I, I use the example all the time when we're looking at, say, franchise or financials. And, um, and you look to see if they're a profitable franchise. Well, you actually have to dig into the details to find out, okay, are they reinvesting in the business or are they taking out and giving it to their shareholders? So you have to put that quote unquote right. data into context. Um, and so we help companies grow in franchising by really understanding the business model Um, and how it's being executed by brands across 300 um, different, or I'm sorry, 30 different industry categories and 300 subsectors. Wow, that's a lot of, uh, that's a lot of dotting the I's and crossing the T's and a lot of road mapping, as they say. (laughs) That's That's true. And it's, you know, a lot of, um, franchising is, is learning what's been done before. Um, you know, it is, uh, in, in certain industry categories, it's newer. Um, franchising is a newer growth model versus 
others like food. Food service has been around in franchising forever. Um, and so people want to understand like how it's being done so that they can transfer best practices over into their business to really better execute the business model. Is there an example that you can give to our audience without kind of, you know, uh, releasing private information, information privileged or confidential information on how the data really will help a franchise or potentially a franchisee? Yeah, sure. So we've got some testimonials on our website, so I'll, I'll speak to those. Um, you know, if a franchisor is trying to improve, they see that maybe their franchisees aren't being as successful in the first 18 months of operation. And so they might come to us and say, help us understand how we can better execute our onboarding training to really get high performance out of franchisees in the beginning. Because that first the first stage of um, entering into franchise system is critical um, to really learn the business. And, um, and it might not be the most profitable part of your business ownership, right. <laughs> but it's the most critical to get you on that path to profitability and sustainability. So um, in, that, in that instance, we do best practices to kind of draw out where are the areas that this, that the brand who's asking us um, can improve on to get more results and to ensure that that training is really instilled into their franchisees. Interesting, interesting. Um, that's just one, one example. Right, right. Um, you and I had a conversation or have had conversations over the years, uh, and, and we, we shared one yesterday uh, just to kind of you know, get on the same page for this uh, podcast. And you and I were kind of chuckling about the industry if we went back 15, 20 years ago or when we first started in the industry that, and I think you just alluded to this, that the industry is a lot more than just the golden arches, McDonald's and the $5 footlong. And of course the $5 footlong didn't exist back then, uh, Subway. The, the industry has emerged way past food service-based businesses. Uh, we were just chatting before we uh, you know, uh, started this conversation about some of the new things you're seeing in franchising. And, it, and it's kind of wild if you really think about it. Do you think that the success of franchising, and let's face it, franchising is, a, uh, is successful in the sense of helping people uh, get into business ownership? Uh, it's not for everybody, and we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit, but um, the data that people are able to, for example, you and I were just chuckling, there are pickleball concepts now coming out. Do you think that the data that you've encompassed or the research over the years has helped ideas and concepts like that formulate into a franchising system? So I think that we're seeing a lot more new brands come to market. So um, we just released a report of new concepts where we're tracking, we track new concepts that we enter into our database and report on that quarterly. And we just had 118 new franchise brands of which about 50%, 50 had information on financial performance. Interesting. So, um, you know, and, and there's across all categories, um, 
food is still the largest category of, uh, of new brands coming to market, surprisingly enough. Um, but you know what? We all have to eat three times right. a day. So, um, so it makes sense that um, there are new food, food options and more fusion options. But I think the reason why we're seeing more new brands come to market is because there's a recognition that franchising is a very effective model for helping people to build wealth. And I say it, it, it enables people to build wealth and to get into business ownership in a way that is de-risk. Now, it takes time for a franchise system to be able to offer that value proposition. Right. It's right. not like they, but, but, but obviously the brands who are willing to talk about financial performance in a very upfront way, it does allow you to see what's possible without the promise. Um, I, I just met a franchisee the other day who was telling me their story. They have, um, they have, I think five different um, tropical smoothies and they decided to uh, buy when they were retiring because they didn't have enough retirement funds. Um, mm -hmm. And in the first six months of their starting their first business, um, they thought they were going to have to live in a trailer because they had spent wow. all of their money and they were not um, seeing the results. But here they are years later with five locations. Um, so it takes a lot of hard work and grit. And a lot of times I do kind of talk people out of getting into franchising um, because I just want to make sure that they're willing to actually put in the effort. Um, not all business models are, right. are owner, yep. owner operator, um, but but there's there's a recognition that this isn't like buying a stock. This is exactly you still have it's still a business. Yeah, I um, think there's I, a mis. You're absolutely right. I think there's a misnomer here that when people start or or people that haven't really kind of educated them on themselves on what a franchise is, there's a misnomer that they're going to pay a free and then the franchisor is going to find them clients, do all the work for them, and they're just going to sit back and kind of pull their car up to the Brinks truck and put the cash in the trunk and drive away. I think you hit the nail on the head that this is a lot of work. I mean, this isn't, you know, and I'm not gonna say it's, it's, it's difficult work, you're building a business and anybody who steers you in the direction that this is gonna be easy or can guarantee you something, uh, I, I've always said, run and run fast. <laughs> right, but if doing business ownership is the, the benefits that come with a franchise system, just outweigh the other alternatives. Um, so we're, we're likely going to be doing a study about um, Latinos in franchising. And um, the gentleman who's asking us to do this to really kind of assess the market of how, how what's the, the involvement of Latinos in franchising. So, you know, there's, there's certain um, sets of immigrants that really um, gravitate towards franchising because they've seen it's worked with other family members. Um, but he said, you know, Hispanics, and this is an overgeneralization, like to start their own business and then fail um, versus franchising. Right. <laughs> so yeah. so the whole purpose is to like be able to show um, that franchising is a way uh, that that there's a way to, to have business ownership and have a better likelihood for success. 
Now, in the franchising industry, I think the, at the recent IFA conference, the annual conference, uh, which had 4,000 attendees, just about 4,000 attendees, and correct me if I'm wrong, just to give our audience a perspective of what we're talking about as an industry, over close to 4,000 types of franchises and over 700,000 businesses that operate in the U.S. that are actually franchise businesses, franchisees. Is that correct? Am I, did I get that right? That is correct. Those are, those are round numbers, but those are, um, that's accurate. So when we take those numbers and kind of shift a little gears right now, what is Fran Data seeing as far as the types of people that are getting into franchising? And now I can speak on the consulting side, you know, the, the person that's displaced, the person that's uh, tired of being in corporate America, uh, we're, we, we've, we, we've talked about over the last two and a half, three years, going on three and a half years now that uh, I want to work from home uh, person, the one that's saying I'm not going back to the office. So what are we seeing? Where, where, is, where are our franchisees coming from? And any idea, you know, is there a kind of a mainstay category that these people are going to? So we have um, a database of 500,000 um, locations and we know who their owners are. So I love spending time in this, um, in this database. We call them playbooks, playbooks of franchisees. And I love spending time really reading about who these people are because there's such a broad range. Um, the other day I was looking at a hotel owner. He's part owners of the LA Clippers. Um, so you've got that as one extreme uh, or the 10 unit Wendy's franchisee whose daughter married, um, you know, the founder of Napster. So, you know, there's that. <laughs> and then there are the franchisees where, you know, if I see a franchise system that has a franchisee who is either a former executive with the company or is uh, just a former franchise executive, I'll call them a franchise insider. Um, those to me speak volumes because like these people know a little bit more than everybody else. And if they're investing in this franchise, there's something to be said for that. Um, or contractors, contractors who actually saw the business because they did a build out for them. And then right. they realized, wow, this is a great thing. Um, or second generation yep. franchisees, because they grew up, they might've grown up in their parents' franchise business. They saw what it did for their life. And now they're going out and being franchise owners themselves, oftentimes in different businesses and different franchises than what their parents were in, sometimes in the same, um, but they might have different values. You know, dad owned a, 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 a restoration business, but I'm, you know, that's not where I want to right. spend my time. So um, to me, those are the most, those are the in very interesting franchisees because they tend to know a little bit more. Yep. Um, so if yep. they're gravitating towards a certain industry, there's a reason to pay attention to that. Um, but, you know, there's, so second generation is, um, I think we're seeing a, a lot more now lot. because franchising had a big growth spurt um, where they've got baby, baby boomers who are starting to sell out. And um, 
seeing those those kids come come into the into the space. You know, it's interesting because we talk about legacy, uh, people building a legacy, and we talk about the multi-unit, multi-brand uh, franchisee, operator, owner, uh, you know, multiple concepts, multiple locations. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of that legacy where they're, as you just said, their children are starting to come into the business, uh, not only being interested in running the existing brands that they have, but expanding. Whereas the, the parent, uh, the mother or father that is the corporate, the professional, um, uh, the, you know, who may be a lawyer or a doctor, we're not finding that uh, trend, that legacy children following in those footsteps. Um, so it's interesting, you know, because when you look at it, there's a shortage of doctors, a shortage of lawyers. And the reason is, obviously, it's very expensive to go to school now for those. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't, if that's what you want to do, but you could definitely get into your own business for what it costs you to go to law school and college and kind of build an empire. So, I mean, that's something to, th you know, to think about. And the funny thing is, is that, you know, we grow up as children and we're educated by our parents in school to get an education, to find a job. We're not educated to go out and buy a business or start a business. And it's kind of interesting. And I think that's where franchising really kind of lends a helping hand as far as, giving people the opportunity at all investment levels, all categories. So it's interesting what you're seeing. New concepts, Edith, I know we're, we're, we're getting close to the wire here and um, new concepts. You and I were talking about this. I mentioned one we talked about pickleball and um, there's, there's been a, a, an upshoot of new concepts. Uh, franchise sales organizations known as FSOs, uh, franchising companies or helping companies franchise what are you seeing? I mean, is it's exciting. I mean, it's 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 really growing. Uh, the number of brands that are out there and the different types of concepts. Yeah, you you hit the nail on the head. Um, so it's coming from different areas. One area is a let's say it's a home service franchise company, and they want to be able to um, meet the needs of homeowners in every area of the home, and so. If they find a business that's operating at a high performance, they might buy that business and then start to franchise it. So that's one way where we're seeing new franchises. The other is just following consumer trends. Pickleball is popular writ large. Um, shooting ranges, we've just started to see an upshot. I've never seen a shooting range franchise period until this year. Something to be said about what's going on with our consumers. Um, but we're also seeing a lot of uh, preventative care. I'd yes. say what we used to see as only medical services are now being transferred into franchising. Um, and I mean, the number of laser therapy, infusion therapy, um, basically beauty, uh, stem yep. cell. Uh, I mean, it just, it's really reaching into areas that predominantly were, were um, covered by medical professionals and they are now today too, but just it, it's been figured out how to bring that into franchising. Yep. That's interesting. So it, 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 there's a wide spectrum. Last question for you, Edith, you know, some of our listeners are people that are considering uh, getting into franchising for the first time or starting to research um, some people like to kind of do their own research, find their own data before they kind of 
jump in the boat uh, or reach out to somebody like me or pick up the phone and start talking to a, a brand directly. Um, and that's and that seems to be the trend. I mean, this whole idea of being people being able to do research before they start those conversations. Um, how does brand data or how can brand data uh, maybe pointing somebody to the website, is there information through Fran Data that will help people get a better understanding of the data, uh, as, as you call it, that context um, information, uh, you know, to decide if franchising is right for them, to help them prepare for those conversations? So I'd say we're, we're not very well suited for helping prospective franchisees, meaning, um, there's there's usually um, more time and attention. Someone has to be a really serious buyer to say, okay, I want to spend resources to pay Fran Data to help me analyze what's the best right. direction for me. I usually point uh, prospective franchisees to folks like you to say, you know, you really need some handholding um, to discover brands that'll fit the various things that are important to you, whether it's lifestyle or type of business, um, income potential or income replacement. So, um, however, we do credit risk rate every single franchise brand um, and lenders rely on that. So right. if you're if you're talking to a franchisor, just make sure or you can ask them whether they know their fund credit score, because that will impact the credit worthiness of you and your ability to get financing. Um, and so it's just helpful to, to know that in advance. Um, so that's one way that if they have a, a good credit score, then the cost, your cost of capital will be less as a prospective franchisee. You know, you bring up an interesting point, uh, digging into the details, asking questions like you said for, you know, funding credit scores, things like that. Um, is it safe to, to say, educating our audience right now, there's a lot of information, I shouldn't say a lot of information, but there's critical information to make a validated decision outside of the FDD, you know, the item seven, the item 19, that the validation really comes from talking to existing franchisees, what was your investment level, you know, where did you fit into the FDD at that time? Where did you fit in or where are you fitting into the item 19? Are those fair questions to be asking? Yeah, and, and those are questions you must ask. Um, it, depending upon the size of the brand, and even in today's environment, it's really critical to find out what is it really going to cost you to start up. So you want to try and get as like-like as possible. So if there's someone who's in a similar market demographic, um, right. because opening up a location in California is just going to cost you more than opening up in Montana or, you know, so right. um, you want to make sure that, that you really zero narrow in to what your cost is. I always tell people don't quit your job until you have secured financing yep. and until you have, um, and don't go to training until you've secured financing. Um, so just a couple of little tips yep, and tricks absolutely. here. And don't um, sign your franchise agreements or pay your franchise fee until you know you've gotten financing. <laughs> yes, make sure you've done all of all of what you need to do. And frankly, um, I'm gonna speak a little bit on behalf of bankers. 
um, when they ask you for things, get it to them. Yes. Because um, a lot of times what I hear is that the process goes very slowly because um, they're waiting on, on, on franchisees or prospects to get them information. So take the process seriously and, um, and really, uh, yes, ask the hard questions. And um, if someone tells you um, you're asking too many questions, then that's a sign. Yeah. Uh, you know, the other thing on the financial side is, is that, um, you know, be transparent about your, your, your history, your financial history. Um, the idea that somebody's not going to find out, um, especially if you're applying for an SBA loan or a term loan, um, you're a little naive to think that that skeleton is not going to pop out of the closet. Uh, you're better off being transparent and upfront than having a banker or a financial person call you up and say, hey, by the way, did you know <laughs> that you've defaulted on another government loan? Right, right, right. So, uh, well, Edith, this has been great. Uh, we've been talking to Edith Whiteman, who's president of Fran Data, the uh, franchise business intelligence uh, organization. Uh, a big player in the industry uh, uh, for information, uh, especially on the franchisor side uh, and the relationships and what goes on within the industry and always make, looking to make it better. Uh, Edith, any closing uh, statements, anything you'd like to address before we uh, sign off here? No, um, other than the IFA is going to be coming out with their economic forecast next week, and awesome. it's a positive one. I mean, it is a positive one. So franchising will continue to grow um, throughout this year. So um, in spite of interest rates, in spite of inflation, supply chain, um, it's still uh, a growth area for the U.S. economy. So um, really encouraging news. That's great. Well, again, this is Scotty Milas, All Things Considered Franchising. We've been speaking with Edith Weissman, president of Fran Data. Edith, have a great, great time. We hope to get you back in the next six to 12 months. Give us an update on the industry, but thank you again for your time. Thank you, Scott. This is Scotty Milas, All Things Considered Franchising, powered by scottmilasfranchisecoach.com, signing off.